Well, good morning, everybody. How you doing? Good. So piggyback off that last one a little bit, there are a couple things that are out on the uh, counter in the foyer over there, some pamphlets and info on Discover Ministry School. I, uh, I went through Discover myself, and I can't speak highly enough of Discover. It's a great program. It's, uh, as Pastor Chris said in the video there, it's, it's hands-on. It's more than theory. You really get to discover gifts about yourself and how you can uh, grow in those gifts for your church and service and ministry. It's, it's a great program. So if you're interested in that, I'm actually going to be uh, facilitating the classes here. We'll meet at Celebration Church. And um, there has been some recent changes. In the video, it said Pastor Chris is a director. Uh, Pastor Isaac Hebden is now the director. Um, but it's still, uh, like I said, a great program. But I can answer questions. Pastor Chris is here. You can ask him any questions, and he'll be able to answer um, anything you have. So sign up for that. It's a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see what God's going to do and how people are going to grow through Discover Ministry School. Uh, this morning, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to uh, keep going with our I Love My Church series, and today we're going to put an emphasis on uh, sharing. Now, it's funny, you know, we all know the phrase as kids, right? Sharing is, sharing is caring. You guys said that so like, oh man, <laughs> we don't like to share, right? <laughs> sharing is caring, I know, I know. Uh, my daughter Avery, she will shout that phrase out loud. She will say, sharing is caring. Avery, can I have one of those? No! It's like, okay, never mind. She likes, she likes others to share with her, but not always to be the sharer. Except for this morning, um, my uh, mother-in-law makes amazing cinnamon rolls, and we got some in this morning. My wife, my loving wife, got here today, and she had cinnamon rolls, her cinnamon rolls. So can I have a bite? And Stephanie said, no. <laughs> Avery, my five-year-old, said, Daddy, you can have some of mine. Like, mm. Little did I know. She finished the whole plate and said, the crumbs are for you, Daddy. <laughs> Sharing is caring, right? Now, what I want everyone to do this morning as we dive in, think of a restaurant that you were excited to go to, but it turned out to be a dud. A restaurant, maybe everyone hyped this place up and you went and you were like, oh, I'm so excited to go there, and it turned out to be something that was really, really horrible. I remember uh, a restaurant for me that was really, really hyped up. Now, I'm sorry if you guys like this restaurant. It was called the Rainforest Cafe. Yeah, people are laughing because you've probably been there and realized it wasn't all it was cracked out to be, right? This restaurant, now the atmosphere I thought was awesome. You walk in and just, they, they had the waterfalls and you walk in and you're like, this place is really cool. And then you order your food and you're like, this food is just okay. It's really, really spent money on the atmosphere. That's really what you can come down to, right? They, they spent money on the environment, not the product. Now, on the flip side, uh, growing up in Vallejo, California, there is a small dive restaurant called The Joy of Eating. This place I love so much. When we lived uh, in California, it was kind of our birthday tradition. On my birthday, we would go down and we'd get breakfast at this restaurant. It was the only time we'd go there, but it was so good. But there's a reason we only went there once a year. Um, a lot of Vallejo is not the best area. And the joy of eating looked run down, and there was actually a bullet hole in the window. And that bullet hole was there for years. It, was, it wasn't until uh, recently, one year we went there, like, they got a new window. But as far, from kid to adulthood, that bullet hole was always right there. And I remember taking uh, Stephanie there for the first time. We're sitting there. She goes, is that a bullet hole? It's like, welcome to Vallejo. This is what we do. <laughs> but all that to say, the atmosphere, not great. The food at that place is incredible. They bake their own bread in-house, so if you get French toast, you get fresh-made, sweet bread, French toast. It's just, it's amazing food, not just the bread. It's just all good all around. But 
a great dining experience really comes down to two things. It comes down to food and atmosphere. You put those two things together, and that equals your experience. You hear new restaurants coming to town. Those are some of the things you ask people about, right? You say, oh, what's it like in there? Is the food good? Those are just kind of the general, what are you going to experience when you get there? And those two things really make up the restaurant experience. Now, a restaurant we've really come to like here in Seattle, the Seattle area, um, I think I've talked about it before, is Duke's Seafood has become one of our go-tos. We really, really like it uh, for our date night. If you're a seafood lover, this place is awesome. We went and had the clam chowder and love it. But it's not just the food. When you walk in, you have all these kind of nautical seaside decorations. And the atmosphere you, you immediately come into is really, really fun. It's really engaging. And, and the service, the servers kind of help pull you into the atmosphere they've created. And then on top of that, the food is incredible. Everything there screamed, come back come back. You want this. You want to see this place. You want to come back here again. And it did. It, it worked. We've gone back a few times. We really, really like that place. So how do we apply this restaurant analogy now to this whole I love my church series? We talked about Jesus giving us a life without fences, right? Lives that are part of a new community that he's creating. And I think we are an overall part of the experience that people get when it comes to the kingdom of God. It's like a restaurant, there's different parts that have to play in your experience. I think we have a big part to play in the experience of the kingdom of God. In this life, we get to offer ourselves, we get to offer our personalities, we get to offer our acts of service, we get to offer, offer our vulnerability. And this is, this is like being in a restaurant that has an atmosphere that's inviting, that is enjoyable, that draws people in. When we live our lives the way that Jesus intended, I think it's going to be something big that when people experience, they're going to want to come back. Not just to a church, but to be a part of your life because you are offering something that is inviting, that, that's saying, wow, that person has something. I want to be a part of that. And then we get to point them and say, it's Jesus. We are a big part to play in this atmosphere that we create. <clears throat> now, in this community, when we live life in a community, in his kingdom, I think this is how life was meant to be. When we come together and say we're coming together under the banner of God, this is what he created for us to be. And we get a new identity and a new set of values and ethics to live by. Now, last week we talked about that our reputation, not last week, but our first week, we talked about our reputation should be a community of one that loves people. If we love, we love God, we say we love our church, that means we've got to love people first and foremost. God wants all people, I think, I know, to, to know his gift of salvation, to know what Jesus did, to know his forgiveness, his peace, his healing, his purpose and hope, and we have a part to play in this. So the question is, we have to consider how do people come to know this new life with God? And that's how we get to talk about it today, with sharing. Because if we love and care about people, then what are we going to do with them? We're going to share. It wasn't a trick question. The obvious answer sometimes is just the most easy one, right? If we love them, we're going to share. So how do they come to know the, and experience the kingdom of God? Matthew 5, chapter, thir or sorry, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, we're going to start there, and it says this. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled on by men. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. I know if you grew up listening to Christian music, you started hearing newsboys playing in your head right there on that verse. Now, today, we're going to break this passage down, and we're actually going to read portions of it over and over again in different ways uh, to talk about how this applies to us. 
What does this mean for us and when it comes to sharing the word of God with people around us and the charge that Jesus gave to us when he said, go out and make disciples? Something that I hope we take away from this series when we say, um, I love my church, is knowing that the church isn't always about us. The church is not just about us coming in here. It's about going. It's about going and serving others, loving people, letting people into our backyards like we talked about, tearing down the fences, getting vulnerable and opening up, and showing a community of love. So much about coming here is all about going back out there, and that's what makes church such a big thing in our community. You see, I think God has called us to be the church that shares the gospel with others. Yet we come to gather, we come to grow, but then what's the last thing we've talked about? We then, we go. We go and share Jesus with all the people that are far from him, right? Jesus said, you know, I didn't come to to help the healthy, I came to help the sick. We are called to go out and spread the word of Jesus to people who don't know him. Now, there are different methods people use to do this. Now, I'm sure many of you may have seen signs that actually look like this one right here. If you don't love God, go to hell. Yeah, exactly, right? Wow, that's to the point, right? Harsh sign, right? Or maybe you've seen one, another one that looks like this. Turn to Jesus or burn in hell. Yeah, now I know that, has anyone seen signs like this, like for reals? I have seen these signs. And um, I'll talk more about the signs I've seen specifically in a little bit. But uh, I've seen signs like this personally, and I know that signs like this do not get me excited to go to church. Signs like this don't get me like, oh, well, that means I need Jesus, right? It, it doesn't get, you know, it's, it's total opposite, I think, of the point that we're trying to convey. In fact, like I said, I don't know of anybody personally who's gotten excited to go to church because of a sign that conveys this message on it. Honestly, these signs, when I see them for reals, and of course, I had a lot of fun Googling signs to put up here today, and some of them are, you know, funny, but when I see them for real, part of, it, it really gets me upset. It does. There's a part of me that just starts to churn. I go, man, this is, this is so not the Jesus that I want to share with people. This is so not the method that, that I think Jesus is, is calling us to go when he says, go and teach people what, everything I've commanded you. I don't think this is the point. I don't think this is the God that I want people to experience, the one that says, come to me or you're going to burn. And I think that's a big part of it, the experience. God entrusts us to create a kingdom experience. When it comes to sharing the gospel, God really entrusts us to creating a good kingdom experience. When we look at this passage that we just read, we can see that we have a great privilege, right? We have a great responsibility when it comes to sharing Jesus with others, one that I think should get us real, real excited to do. And I believe that the love of God is a compelling thing. Scripture says it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. And that's something that we really need to convey more in the context of sharing. We love our church, we love people. When we share, we need to make sure that love is the ultimate center of what we are going to share. I believe that, that the love of God is a compelling thing that draws people in. And on top of that, God uses us directly as a method of showing his love to the world. That's an incredible partnership when you think about it. It's, it's, not, it's not a God up there dictating and pulling strings, but a God that says, I'm working with you, I'm giving you power, I'm giving you the ability to go show love. He's partners with us in this journey, and I think that's an amazing thing. And it comes down to what experience are we gonna present to people, one that conveys love or one that turns away. Now, you guys, uh, most of you know that, that I love Disneyland one of my favorite places in the world to go. But something I think that Disney does really, really well, the minute you walk through the gate, you are engulfed in an experience. Every person you talk to, any cast member you talk to, whether it's a character, and um, my girls are probably gonna listen to this later, they're all real. 
They're all real. They're real princesses. But when you talk to the princesses, they, they create this atmosphere that makes you believe everything that you're in. And you leave that place going, I, I, it was so fun. I want to go back. Now, at one point, we took Aurora. We were there for a few days. And we walked into the castle. And my daughter, Aurora, got to meet Princess Aurora. And it was really, really fun. A few days later, our last day there, we went back into the castle. And when we walked in, Princess Aurora looks down at my daughter and goes, Aurora, welcome back. For me, I, exactly, I was like, oh, melt this dad's heart. Oh, my goodness. The Disney princess remembered my little princess, and I was just like, that's an experience I know I'll never forget. And Aurora to this day remembers, yeah, the princess remembered who I was. It was an incredible experience. And on the flip side, uh, we got to have a fun experience with Gaston in Disneyland. He's walking by. My wife feels out, Gaston, you're my favorite. Without missing a beat, he doesn't even look. He just goes, I know, keeps on walking. <laughs> An experience we'll never forget, right? They, they really draw you in. And then at one point, we saw him again, and he got down and talked to Aurora, and it was great. You know, he was telling Aurora, he was like, girl, look at me, because Aurora was being all shy. Look at me, girl. And she does, and he was like, now you'll never look away. <laughs> the experience is incredible when you go. Putting that back in perspective here, we have an incredible privilege of bringing about the experience of the kingdom of God to people. When people see our love, when people talk to us, when people come to our church, when they see us going out to serve, we get to bring them an experience. An experience that points them to the most incredible experience of experiencing the love of Jesus. We have a big part to play in it. Matthew 5.13 says this, you are the salt of the earth. Do we have any cooks or bakers in the house? Yeah, salt. Salt can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing, right? What happens, though, if the salt is missing in something that you've cooked? You did everything to perfection, but you forgot all the salt. It's bland, right? You take a bite. And even, even people that don't know that it's missing salt can take a bite and just be like, there is something off, there's something not quite right about this, right? Salt brings out the taste. Salt is a flavoring agent. It brings taste to bland food. It also preserves food, and it makes it last. If someone gives you a plate of food that's really not up to snuff at the dinner table, what's one of the first things you ask someone to pass you? You need the salt. Say, yep, I need the salt on this, right? Don't miss what Jesus is saying here in this metaphor, though. So he says, you are the salt of the earth. He's making it clear how necessary and important we are. The big part we get to play in the welfare of the world and this mission that he's entrusted us with. He's saying, you are the salt. You get to go out. You get to bring flavor when you share. Someone's life may be bland, and what do you get to do? You get to sprinkle some salt on it. You get to go show the love of Jesus and show them something that they are missing in a way that they say, wow, this enhanced something. This enhanced my life because I now get to see Jesus. Because we've experienced a transformation in our lives and we've come to know the kingdom of heaven, now our presence has become a part of this equation that God gives us when it comes to influencing the world for his good. Regardless of your status, regardless of your profession, regardless of where you are in life, the kingdom life we possess is invaluable and the effect that we have on it, it will be all around our daily circles and our influences that we come across each and every day. He says we are the salt of the earth. Matthew 5, 14, he goes on to say, you are the light of the world. Does anybody here hate the dark like I do? Oh, man, one of you. Sweet. Um, it's, it's no, I don't hide it from anybody. I still, to this day, am scared of the dark. I do not like it. If the room is pitch black, I lay there, eyes wide open, and I just, my imagination goes crazy. I hate the dark. 
And then once I get a little nightlight, I close my eyes when I can't see anything and it's dark and I go to sleep. It makes no sense, right? But I like light. I like being able to look over and see the light illuminating something. Now, in Jesus' time, they had small wicker oil lamps, which gave just a little light on an average home that had very few windows. And they were most effective when they were set up on a lampstand. Now, even the smallest of lights, right? Everyone knows this. In the darkest of room, the smallest light becomes the focal point. It starts to eliminate the darkness. Now, light, light removes darkness. In the same way that Jesus' life and message of salvation brought light to us, which we just read in Matthew, 14, uh, Matthew 15 and 16, his disciples are a living demonstration of the arrival of the kingdom of heaven. So don't miss this metaphor for our lives either. Not only are we salt seasoning the earth, we are part of the light. We get to bring light to a dark place. We carry the light of the gospel in the kingdom of God, and we are that light. We don't just carry it. It is us. It is in us. Because of the work of the Spirit in our lives, there's a transformation that is being produced in the light that affects us, and it affects every aspect of our being, turning us into positive influences in a world that may be consumed by darkness and sin. And I love that. When, when we look out and we see the, the way society goes and the way society can start to, to crash or crumble, and, and people will, will say, man, it just gets worse and worse. Things just get worse. Politics get worse. Morals get worse. People say that, and you go, what? What doesn't get worse is the light we bring to those situations. The light when Jesus is living in our life, that is the constant we get to continually bring as things around us get bad. As salt and light, we bring the taste and the atmosphere of Jesus' kingdom into our world. If food and atmosphere equals experience, then the experience of the kingdom comes from the followers. That experience comes from us. It amazes me to think of what God has entrusted us with. It really, really does when I think, man, God created the church. What a powerful, amazing responsibility we have. And it's, it's something that I think, it's, it's a heavy responsibility. It's a big one, but it's one that I think the payoff is so great when you see the impact that we get to make. When you, when you go to someone who you know maybe doesn't have that salt, is, is missing Jesus, and you know that because you were part of the equation that helped show who Jesus is, and they give their life to him, it's like, wow, that payoff is incredible. And I'm not saying it's all on us. It's not all on us. God has really, really big hands. And God is bigger than anything we could ever come across. I know God has, hand on, has his hands on all these things, but I love that he says he wants us to be a part of it. He calls us to be a part of it. We get to work with him in these things. He gives us responsibilities. Genesis 1.26 says, They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. God creates things, but then he gives us responsibilities. And I love that because it's a great responsibility that he partners with us for. When he establishes his kingdom, he entrusts us to create the culture. We're to bring taste, to bring the light, and we're to bring the community and the kingdom experience to our city so that they can know God, so that, that the people here in Puyallup, the people in Washington can experience God because of the mission we are actively living out. They get to find him and find new life. And, and think about it this way. If you don't like how the city is, you don't like how something's going, ask yourself this question. Am I putting salt on it? Am I bringing some seasoning to something I don't, that I don't like? Are you discouraged that the culture is so dark? Ask yourself this, what am I going to do to light it up? Don't just, don't just sit back and say, man, it's dark, this is bad. Ask yourself the other question, what can I do to bring light in this situation instead? <clears throat> if the culture is bland and dark, we get to go be salt and light. That's an amazing thing. 
when we intentionally love one another, when we intentionally use our gifting and we live out the love of God towards one another into the world outside these walls, we are salting the bland. We are bringing light to the darkness. Saying, I love my church, is not just about us. It doesn't just impact us. It's about everyone outside of these walls. I love my church is loving the people outside of this place and being an influencer in the culture. So how do we bring this I love my church experience now to our culture? How do we bring it out? Know this, people will experience Jesus' community when we live its values. If we want to go out, people will experience this community when we live its values. We can't separate the Beatitudes from what we just read about being salt and light. So I'm going to read through the Beatitudes here because they're part of the same thought. The Beatitudes are found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 2 through 10. And we see the values of the kingdom of God here. If we want to live out the values, here are the values. He says this, and then he began to teach them. He said, the poor in spirit are blessed, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Those who mourn are blessed, for they will be comforted. The gentle are blessed, for they will inherit the earth. Those who hunger for thirst and righteousness are blessed, for they will be filled. The merciful are blessed, for they will be shown mercy. The pure in heart are blessed, for they will see God. The peacemakers are blessed, for they will be called sons of God. Those who are persecuted for righteousness are blessed, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now, you could spend a lot of time in the Beatitudes, and we're not going to break apart all the Beatitudes, but I want us to focus on this, that there are amazing things that we get to pull from the verses. We get to pull the values of being the salt and light from the Beatitudes. And they also give us a promise, the end there, a promise that not everyone really likes to jump out. But verses 11 and 12 say this, you are blessed when they insult and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Encouraging, right? All right. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is a promise that comes. It says when you live out these values, there will be those who persecute you. There will be those who come against you, those who say that is not right. But we can't let that discourage the fact that we are still bringing salt. We are still called to be the light. And this, the Beatitudes, these are the values that we get to live out in the world. The salt and light metaphors, they come from these Beatitudes. Now, Jesus has brought the kingdom of God through regenerations and through the renewal of his spirit, right? He transforms us. And the spirit produces what we read there. The spirit produces a poverty of spirit, mourning, meekness, righteousness, mercy, purity, and peace. These are the characteristics that, that a disciple and a Christ follower, these are the characteristics that get to come out of our life. This is the kingdom life that God puts us in that we then demonstrate to the world. So the Beatitudes, this is like the character profile. If you were to take one of those profile personality tests, the Beatitudes, this is like the personality profile of someone who says, I love my church. These are the things that we then get to put out and say, this is what we do now because we love our church. Seasoning and shining isn't only about the message we declare with our lips, but it's the message that we live with our everyday lives. Lifestyle is the emphasis here, right? Everyone, you know, it's, it's not just, don't just talk the talk, you gotta walk the walk, right? Don't just say you're gonna do these things. If you're gonna, if you're gonna proclaim, I have this love for Jesus, I have this love for my church and I love for his people, this is then what we get to go do with it. We don't keep it for ourselves, it is meant to go out to others. It's more than words. We can't separate the message from lifestyle. This is about who we are and how we are. The values we live in, and this is the kingdom, the flavor that we bring to a bland and rotting world, maybe. The values we live in the kingdom, this, produce, this is what brings light to the world of darkness. People will experience the kingdom when we walk it out. 
It helps us realize how effective then we get to be in this. The big part, we get to play in it. We get to be the effective agents of salt and light. These show us how to love people outside of our church. We also, we live the values of Jesus' community in our daily ordinary. How do we bring this out to our community? We live the values of Jesus' community in our daily ordinary. Now, you can go kind of crazy sometimes, as some people will do. Now, let me tell you this story. There was a guy who almost OD'd on soy sauce in 2015. OD'd on soy sauce. A young man, 19 years old, was dared by his friends to drink a quart of soy sauce, which he did. And he was taken to the ER and nearly died from an excess of salt in his body. He's the first person in history to have been known to deliberately overdose on such a high amount of salt and survive with no lasting neurological problems. Now, share the story, because I think this directly applies to how we live. We're called to bring salt and light to a world so they can experience the kingdom, not so they can be blinded or OD'd on salt, right? The question you have to ask yourself is, when you go to share Jesus, are you seasoning or are you blinding and gagging somebody and overdosing? Let me give you an example of blinding and gagging. Think of those signs that I just saw, that I showed earlier, right? Every year in college, I went to Sacramento State. Every year in college, it was rush week. And it was where all the fraternities and sororities would set up their booths, and they would try to recruit you know, boys and girls to join their clubs. And I was a part of a, a Christian group called InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, and we had our booth. It's actually where I met my wife. Woo! But it was, uh, it, was a, it was a fun group, and it was you know, crazy to see all the students going and trying to join up with different fraternities and sororities. But there was also other people that would show up with their booths and their signs. It was the religious people that had the signs that we showed earlier. They'd come and they would use the Turner Burn method to go to people. They, there were some signs that would say, you're in college, you're giving into the world, God hates you, go to church or go to hell. Seriously, that's one of the signs that I saw. It's like, wow, going to a college campus and telling all the students there that they're all going to hell is not great. And when you looked at these people, they would be there and they would be shouting out this message that, you know, go to Jesus or go to hell, you're going to turn or burn. You know what they got? They got more people mocking them, laughing at them, yelling at them than they ever did people saying, tell me more about this Jesus. Tell me more about this God. See, those people right there with those signs, I didn't see anybody praying. I, wouldn't see, I didn't see people really coming to know Jesus. I didn't see people walking away saying, wow, I need to get to know Jesus more. I didn't see people walking away saying, wow, I, I think I really need to go to church. That sign said I'm in college. I'm going to go to hell. I better go to church instead. Nobody said that. That's an example of ODing on the soy sauce of taking the salt, saying, I'm the salt of the earth, and just cramming it down someone's throat in a way that's going to shove them away. I don't want to be that person. Now, when you look at those signs that say, go to Jesus or go to hell, is, is there truth in that sign? Well, yes. You know, G- Jesus is the salvation for us. We, we get to go to heaven instead of hell because of him. So there's truth there, but is that the Jesus that I want people to see? Is, is, that, the, is that the message that's going to come someone and say, hey, the kindness of God leads to repentance? It's opposite, right? I want someone to walk away from an encounter with me saying, wow, I want what he has. I want what he's sharing. I, there's something in his life that I want, and that's because I get to say, I put some salt on them. I didn't throw the whole gallon bag on them, but I sprinkled some of the love of Jesus in their life. I'd be willing to put money on that statement that no one walked away from those signs in college saying, I want Jesus. I never want someone to walk, me, walk away from me saying, I don't ever want to go to church because of him. I don't ever want that to be on me. I want to be able to show them the love of Jesus. Now let me give you an example of seasoning and shining. 
I'm going to read you a portion of an email that a young lady sent to another pastor that I've been given permission to share. But um, it, it's a great email where she shares uh, what happened in her life and how she was able to share Jesus with someone in a great way. So listen to this. She writes, moving back to the city, I was able to start back at my old job. Many of the servers and employees were surprised to see me. Nonetheless, I was able to get back to working. About a week ago, one of them, I could tell something was on her mind. In the midst of having a slow night, I asked her how her family was doing. She started to share her troubles about her daughter leaving and that she was afraid. I shared my testimony about how my mom and dad didn't speak and I didn't speak for two years and how throughout the past years, I found God and our relationship started to grow. She mentioned she wanted to go to church but hasn't gone yet. I encouraged her and said that God changed me and cares about our relationships. She got my number, and now we talk more at work, and I'm leaving the door open to share more. Over the past two days, the servers lately have been cranky and gossiping and arguing with management during work. I won't gossip, and I will respect management there regardless of how I think the place should be run. They know I'm a faith-based girl. However, the gossip became so bad that yesterday during the dinner rush, the manager had to call a meeting explaining how a customer overheard. I kept encouraging the management, telling them that they were doing a good job, sharing with the employees that we are a team and building them up instead of tearing them down. Also that night, I was helping out in the kitchen, putting away dishes, even though I didn't have to. One of the dishwashers said, you are a good worker, and I always see you helping out people that you don't have to. So I said to him, I, I, I work and serve because of my love for the Lord. He smiled and said, all the other servers come back here and complain, but I can tell that you are believing and acting on what you just said. I said, have you ever heard the saying, the joy of the Lord is my strength? He said, no, where is that? I told him it was in my Bible, and that's why I am different, and I did not used to be this way. Shared a little bit of my testimony. He said, I'm wanting to get back into my faith, and I just don't know how. I would like to know more about the gospel, as you told me. I said that after work that I wanted to share the gospel with you in a real way that's understandable and is as life-changing. He was excited, and he said, I'm looking forward to talking more about my faith with you, and that's how my day ended yesterday. It's an incredible story, isn't it? Someone who said, I'm just gonna go and be loving. I'm just gonna work with joy. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna share as opportunities come. And when someone says, why are you doing this? Then that's my opportunity to say, this is what God has done for me and this is what he offers. And with those interactions, she was able to, to help point people back to a, a point to Jesus, someone that had never been there and someone who wants to go back. That's an incredible way of saying, I get to be salt, I get to be light in a really, really hard situation. And I think in our lives, it's, we all have situations where we're going to be able to pinpoint a situation where we can be salt, we can be light, or we can be a quart of soy sauce throwing down someone's mouth. What are we going to choose to do? I think it's really easy to, to carry a sign around in a crowd. Really, really easy to walk out there and uh, just, just be, this is what I stand in, especially when it's going to be something that turns people away. But it's a lot more difficult to be Jesus in the ordinary and in the mundane. It's not... The trivial, but it's, uh, it is, it is in the trivial day-to-day -day stuff. We can find moments like this at the office. You can find moments like this at school. You can find moments like this at the gym. Um, when, you're, when you're at work on the job, that, that people need to experience Jesus the way you've experienced Jesus. It's in the trivial day-to-day -day stuff that we need to be salting and lighting, not blinding and gagging people. Think about your daily routine. Think about your coworkers. I bet you there, there's people that maybe even come to mind right now. For, for students, think of your classmates. Someone that, that you may know, hey, this person is maybe experiencing some darkness. How can I bring light into their darkness? Someone that you carpool with. Someone that you go and you see day to day that needs to see a little bit of the love of Jesus and you get to be the person that salts them with it. And how are people seeing Jesus in your life? Now, like I said, it's, uh, 
It's easy to carry a sign around in a crowd. It's not easy to be a part of it. I think social media has made it really, really easy to convey a message that is counterproductive to what the message we should be conveying is. This is, a, this is not a political statement, but I know that masks have been divisive. A COVID vaccine has been divisive. And I think in a divisive culture, we as a church have an incredible opportunity to show the unity and love of Jesus. An incredible opportunity to say, despite where you are, despite where you stand, where you, where you think it's real, where you think it's conspiracy, where you think it works or it doesn't work, despite where people are, we get to come together and say, no matter what you think, this is Jesus. And we get to show the love of Jesus to everyone that we come across. And think about the flip side. What are we doing if, if we were to go onto social media and blast people for having a differentiating opinion than us? Just think about this. And this is not any one person in particular. This is just in general what I see online. And I know you guys can probably see it all online if you're on social media as well. But, but there'll be Christ followers that will go online and just berate and destroy. And what goes through my mind when I see that is I go, if someone finds out that they go to a church, what did they just convey? What message did they just say when they tore somebody apart for believing something different than they did? I think that's just like holding the Turner Burn sign. I really, really do. I think we get to be a part of the experience that builds, the experience that shows love and unity. And right now, more than ever, we have the prime opportunity to show and share the love of God with a world that is hurting, a world that is split, a world that is divided. We get to say there is unity with a God who loves you no matter where you fall on this side or that side. God is there with you and he loves you. And the last thing, bringing this to our community, those who have truly experienced Jesus will help others experience Jesus. I really believe that. When you truly experience Jesus, you are going to help others experience Jesus. Reading the last part of Matthew again, chapter 5, verses 14 to 16, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. If we've learned anything over these past few weeks, not just in this series, but just in community and culture, we learned that loving church is not just about the building. It's not just about the programs. It's about relationship. A relationship with each other, but primarily a relationship with God. <clears throat> and it doesn't stop there. Our relationship with each other and God, it goes out to the relationships outside of this place. I'd like to invite the worship team back up this morning. I think about the very first week very first week when we started this, we read John 13, 35. It said, by, all people, by this, all people will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Here's the thing. How can all people observe of having a reputation of love if we're not around people that don't know it? So that's going to be my, my big challenge and, and takeaway for you in, in this series is we've talked all about loving people, tearing down the fences, serving others, and now sharing Jesus with others and being a salt and light to the world. But all of this is only going to work if we intentionally go out and spend time with people who need the salt of the earth, who need that light in their life, who need Jesus in their lives. If we keep this all for us, then I think we're all missing the point. This is so much bigger than us. This is so much bigger than just this room. This is a kingdom thing. This is a world thing, and we get to go out and take everything we've learned, everything we've, we've resonated with, everything we've studied and fallen in love with when we come to know Jesus and his word, we get to take that to other people. Church, small grooms, the programs that we have to assist us to grow and become a stronger community of faith, 
these things will strengthen our ability to, to be that salt, strengthen our ability to be that light. But it's only going to work if we go and interact with people outside the church. If we don't do that, we're missing the biggest part of the equation about going out and sharing the word. Live Jesus' values with the world. Live his love and share it with ways and people in your neighborhood. Would you all stand with me? <clears throat> a question that is sometimes asked, and um, I actually asked this when I first got here. I said, if, if our church ceased to exist, if Celebration Church were to close its doors tomorrow and be gone, would the community know it? Would the people around us know that we were gone, and would they be sad that we were gone? If the answer is no, then we've got to step it up. We've got a mission to go out there. And I said, not just be the best church in this city. That's not my goal. I want to be the best church for this city. I want to be the place that people says, wow, Celebration Church helped me get to know Jesus. Celebration Church was there in the hard times in my life. Celebration Church was there. And then when people say, why are you doing this? We get to say, because of Jesus. Because of what he's done for us, we get to share with everybody else. Let's go be the salt Let's go be the light. Let's share the love of Jesus with the people who need him. Amen? God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you that, uh, that you've given us such an incredible responsibility and partnership with you in this journey, God. And that, God, if we see something we, that, that doesn't rest well with us, we see darkness in the world, God, we get to take responsibility to be a part of changing it. And I thank you that you've given us the power to do that. You are there with us as we do that, God. And I pray that we reach people for you. We share the, your love with the world and that we see you do miraculous things because of the partnership we have in spreading your word. We love you, God. We thank you. And everybody said, amen.